turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 3 again. Hebrews chapter 3 again. Praise God. Okay, there we go. Um, if you noticed, the theme this morning has been about the harvest. Well, think about all the songs we sang. It's all been about the harvest. And it's time to harvest. If you haven't noticed, yesterday, I, we didn't get many apples this year because of how we had to prune the tree last year. So but I had to harvest what was on the tree. Um, the farmers are busy harvesting their beans and their beets and their corn. They were, back in August, they harvested their wheat. Can you imagine if you plant and you sow <coughs> and you don't go ahead and harvest? We've been, har we've been going ahead and planting and sowing, or should, we should be, and it should be time to harvest. Did you know the end of the age is harvest time? Did you know the end of the age is harvest time? Now, God had told me we were going to shrink and grow. He told me that over a year ago. We were going to shrink and then grow. And that's why I've never hit the panic button. If he hadn't told me that, I probably would have hit the panic button. But I've never needed to. God told me he needed to get us to a point where we are now in order for us to grow. We didn't have the unity. We didn't have the submission. We didn't have the caring. We didn't have the, the, what we needed as a church to grow to affect our community. And we do now have that. If we will listen to one another. And understand we are given leadership for a reason. And God has given us good elders. God has given us the Holy Spirit. God has given us His Word. God has done that for us. And God's still doing miracles for us. We have a team that's going to come and recite our... Well, it looks like we have a team that's coming to recite our building. Amen. And I've been working very hard on cost and getting that taken care of. In fact, it looks like maybe that God's going to bless us so much that not only do we get to site our building, we can put that furnace in too. Amen. You see, when we're faithful, God works through our faithfulness. And you can't have unity when every, we have factions in the church that want to bully and think they are in charge and now those that God has put over the church are in charge. When we can't listen to it. And there's, a, there's an awesome verse in the Old Testament. Touch not mine anointed. I have seen people drop dead from attacking the anointed of God. I know of one situation, the man attacked the pastor in the church. 
to embarrass him. Later on in the week, he was making a sandwich, walked across the kitchen floor to go to the fridge and dropped dead. And it didn't need to happen because he didn't need to attack the minister of God. There was no need of that. And you know what? The closer we get to Jesus coming again, the more that the Holy Spirit will start operating like he did in the book of Acts. And the Bible says, don't touch my anointed. You see, the problem that most people don't understand is that the anointed person, the under-shepherd, has to answer to Jesus for what goes on in that church. And, and it's just how it is. And so in order to harvest, we need... Can you imagine? We have cousins that have farms here. And my brother-in-law loves to go farming with them. But can you imagine if my brother-in-law decided he was in charge of the farm that day and he was going to harvest the way he was going to harvest? And he decided that he was going to do zigzag lines instead of straight lines? Um, he wouldn't be in the equipment long. Yeah. He wouldn't be there long. So because he loves farming so much, he is there to help his cousin, and his cousin's the boss, and besides that, he likes it that way because they feed him really well. In fact, that's where some of our church pews went, was to that farm, so they could sit on the pews and eat their meals. Isn't that kind of cool? They have, they're like picnic benches for them. So we're going to be in Matthew 9. Let's go to the next screen. There we go. Because the time is now to harvest. Let's pray first. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message today. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to open up our minds to receive from you. But Lord, more than that, that you'll open up our hearts so this word can grow in us. And Lord, we will take it seriously. And Lord, we will get busy for the harvest. We thank you, Lord, for the harvest is before us. Lord, help us to be willing workers in your harvest field. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing on this word today. And for, Lord, letting me only speak the words that you would have me speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's look at that verse first up there. Then we'll go to Hebrews. Keep your Bible in Hebrews. Um, Jesus, these are all Jesus' words. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. You know that's the same problem we have today in the church? There's a huge harvest in front of us, but the laborers are few because we think we're either too old, too young, or we don't know enough. You see, the devil has lied to us. If, he can, if God can anoint a young boy to be king over Israel, you're not too young. If God can take somebody in their 80s and make them the, the uh, prophet to bring his people out of Egypt, you're not too old. And don't ever think you're not smart enough. Did they not say, aren't these men Galileans? Aren't they just stupid fishermen? How did they get so smart? Because of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> the harvest is truly plentiful, but the labors are few. Then he says in Mark, but when the grain ripens, 
immediately. He doesn't say that they take their time and they strategize and they figure out. No, they say immediately he puts the sickle. Puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. We don't need to debate about the harvest. We just need to get busy about it. And then he says in John 4, 35, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? No, there's not four months to come. And we don't have to wait just before the rapture. Come on, don't we want to take all our friends with us? <laughs> Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Think about that. They're already ready. And if we're really in the last days like we believe, then the harvest is ready. And because the last days are harvest time, we just need to get out there and start harvesting souls. Karen hasn't found it's too hard lately. Karen hasn't found it's too hard lately. She's working there at Burger King, doing her Burger King thing. You know. And uh, being the Burger Queen instead of the king because she's a girl. Right? And, and, and she's just doing her thing. She talks to two of her co-workers about Awana. Next thing you know, we got a ch bunch of children in our church that are just awesome. <laughs> and then she says, oh, this is so easy. I'm going to talk to their mamas about coming to the church. Oh, wow. And then she goes ahead and makes the mistake of telling her sister. <laughs> and you know how tiny can be. She's like a doggy with the bone. She doesn't give up on it. And I, see, I said doggy instead of, because I don't want to make anybody say that I was calling her names, because I wasn't. She just, she just has decided that the one mom is going to be her best friend. And she's going to get her in no matter what and leave so that Karen can work on the other one. Isn't that cool? But Karen found, you know what, this harvest thing hasn't been too hard. We have a lot at our church. And, and you've got to come and bring your kids for Awana because it's such a wonderful thing. And, 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 and let me tell you, I'm not going to shut up until you bring your kids to Awana because I'm going to even talk faster because I'm excited about telling you about Awana. And that's just how it went. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And if Karen can do it, who's naturally a shy person, if Karen can do it, but God's giving her a voice. Boy, oh boy, Jason and I can't wait to hear that lion roar. God's been giving her a voice lately, and it's been awesome. And even her sister says, I can't wait to hear it too. And if it's been easy for Karen, think about how about you? Oh my word, some of you got, oh, talents are awesome. But the time is now to harvest. Go to the next one. But why do I bother? I got to tell you something. I started, the Lord gave me this message, and um, I felt like Jason the other day, and I kind of complained to the Lord, but why do I bother? We've heard this before. Why do I bother? And I, and, and I wasn't saying it that way. I was kind of sarcastic. <laughs> because... We say, yeah, praise God, woo hoo 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 yeah, 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 good stuff, but we don't do anything. I'm not going to dwell here. Let's go to the next slide. 
This is the reason, because the Lord says. Because the Lord says this in, in Hebrews. For who, having heard, rebelled? Well, I'll explain this a little bit better. You'll see it in a little bit. Remember verse 16. Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. <coughs> Therefore, chapter 4, Verse 1, therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Uh-oh, wait a second. He's talking to Christians here. The writer of Hebrews is talking to us Christians here. He's not just saying, oh, just remember those Jews back with Moses, blah, 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 blah. That's not what he's doing. He says here in verse 1, Therefore, since such a promise remains of entering his rest, who's got a promise of rest? Those who are born again are the only ones who get rest. Those who are not born again get torment. That's not rest. So he's talking to us. Let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Here's one of our doctrinal statements. comes one of our doctrinal statements about apostasy. It can happen that a Christian can, because of their rebellion, lose their salvation. What did Jesus tell us to do? Go and make disciples of all nations. What did he say? Go and preach the gospel to all creatures. Right? Let's go to the next slide. The next verse. Here's the truth we pass over. And I'm not trying to be funny because we just talked about Moses and them guys. But here's the truth we usually pass over in verse 2 because we read it so fast. For indeed, Jason and I kind of talked about this a little bit on Wednesday. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. The same gospel we have is the same gospel that they were given. But, what, <clears throat> but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Okay, I'm going to say something profound here. <laughs> if we have faith and we've heard the truth, then we do what this book says for us to do. So if he says it's harvest time, what do we need to do? Harvest. You see, the American church is so asleep, we have forgotten about that. Or we are so seeker-sensitive that we don't seek seekers. What? That's a oxymoron. We have a whole generation dying and going to hell because we're not busy putting the sickle in. 
We wonder why the country's the mess it is. It's because the church isn't being the church. So what makes this country great is everything that was built upon the church is being ignored. Example. You are innocent until you're proven guilty. It's right here in the book. It's right here in the Bible. It doesn't say it that way, but Moses, when he wrote the law, says that you've got to have two witnesses against him that can corroborate. You think after 14 days of hearing that word <laughs> that he did it. Right? That comes right out of the Word of God. But because the church isn't being the church, people are going, oh, let's ignore that. What's made America great all these years? <coughs> so if we have faith, if we have the Word mixed with faith, it profits us. And if He says, harvest time, let's start harvesting. You know, that's how we're going to grow. We have never been wanting to grow this church by just taking people from Harvest Outreach or people from Valley Christian or even the Baptist church who needs a little Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm not telling you which Baptist church. <laughs> I love those folks in both of them. I have too many Baptist friends not to like Baptists. Come on. I don't want to grow our church. I want to get, grow our church by harvesting souls. So when Karen goes ahead and says, Oh, i got to tell you about Awana. you got to bring your kids to Awana. It's so wonderful. And they're going to do it about Jesus. And you need to come too. And all. That is awesome. That is awesome. Because we're supposed to get the sickle in. Well, I'm too old. No, you're not too old. That's a lie from the devil. Did you know that most of you have an outreach lived up to your potential yet, have not lived into your destiny yet? Did you know that most of the people in the Bible didn't live into their destiny until they were in their 80s? Yeah. Moses, Caleb, Joshua, Abraham. Abraham. <laughs> you know, he didn't start having those many sons until he was in his 90s. Bodie likes that song. Hmm. Go to the next slide. Here's the thing. See, this is why we, we, we don't need all this secret-friendly stuff. Because here's the truth. It is not hard to be a follower of Jesus. You don't have to run around the building five times and jump on one foot and then run your head into a wall. You don't have to knock on 3,000 doors and collect $10,000 to get into heaven. You don't have to go ahead and do calisthenics. All you had to do was ask Jesus into your heart and ask him to forgive you your sins, and he did all the hard work because he's the one who died on the cross. So it's not a hard thing to be a follower of Jesus. Let's, I'll show you why. There's three things for this sermon about being a follower of Jesus. Obey, obey this. Obey the word of the Lord. 
There's the number one thing you have to do. Just obey. It's not that hard to do. Come on. If God said it, then believe it. And because I believe it, then I do what it says. If God calls something a sin, it's a sin. If God says I'm supposed to submit one to another, I submit. If God says I need to ask Jesus in my heart to get saved, then I need to ask Jesus into my heart to get saved. If there's only, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by these other hundred ways. No, except by me. Only one way. <clears throat> so we obey the word of God. Real simple. The second thing we do, go ahead. Be doers of the word, not just hearers. Be doers of the words, not just hearers. You like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's why I put in there the first little sub-point there is, yawn, I've heard this before. <clears throat> I, I, I looked for other slides for that, and uh, I kept on coming back to that one. I, I thought that was, it was really appropriate. What's the Bible say about faith without works? It's dead. See, that's the problem. They heard the same gospel we heard, but faith didn't intermingle with it. Faith without works is that's inter, that's mingling your faith in your life because you're acting on it. Jesus, you're walking on the water. I can't believe it. He's walking on the water. And you said it was a ghost. No, it's Jesus. That's amazing. All of a sudden, faith grew up in Peter, right? Hey, Jesus, let me come out there with you. All right, come on. Step into the water. <laughs> Wait out a little bit deep. Hey, this is cool. I'm not waiting. I'm stepping on it. As he gets a little bit further, look what we know what happened with his faith. You see, he was walking on faith. When he got his eyes off of Jesus, what happened? He started sinking. But where was the Savior? It was right there to reach out a hand and pull him up out of the water. You see, we need to act on our faith. And, when we, and if we start falling, Jesus is right there to pick us up. Don't, you know what? We learn more about from our falling into the water than we do than just walking on the water. Did you know that? Because the next time we're going to walk on the water, we know what to do. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Because this is cool. My word, can you imagine walking up? To, you, have to, you have to get to Canada, and you're on Lake Superior. And the fastest way to get to Canada is walk right across the lake instead of going around the whole thing. Oh, man, wouldn't that be cool? Step onto the water. Just, I mean, all those movies about Peter, they have him walking on the water all the time, don't they? Or haven't you noticed that? Almost every movie they have of Peter, that after the resurrection, Peter's just walking on the water all the time to get places. I don't know where that comes from, but they, that's just Hollywood for you. God wants us to put... Well, stay back there. Back, 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 back. God wants us to put action to our faith. God wants us to put action to our faith. He wants us to do more than just believe. Come on, right? We got to. Okay, now you can go. 
She's doing a good job in the booth, isn't she? So the third thing we need to do is get to work. Right? That's the third thing we need to do is get to work. If not you, then who? You've heard that one before, haven't you? If not you, then who's going to do it? Oh, my word. We got confused Christians in our town, don't we? We got some who are doing a good job of reaching out to people. We know who they are. We love them for it. But we got, a lot, we got an army here of Christians in Wapiton and Breckenridge who aren't doing a thing for the Lord. They're not telling any, they're not out there with their sickle harvesting the harvest. And so we got people who are all, why do you think the country's so angry right now? We get so upset with the Nancy Pelosi's and the idiots in Washington. What's the problem? They haven't gotten saved. And this is why I get upset about the seeker-friendly stuff. She walked into one of those churches. She had to check it out. She went to church with 30,000 evangelical believers. Heard a message about the love of God and walked out of there the same way she walked in and just said, oh, this is wonderful. This is how every church should be. <coughs> and she's yet to meet Jesus. I'm not indicting the pastor or that church. You see, the problem is we're not lifting up the cross enough. We're not showing people the cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, how was Jesus lifted up on the cross? If I be lifted up, then I'll draw all men to me. That's all we need to do. That's our sickle. Start lifting Jesus up and we'll draw him in. They sang, bring them in. Let's do it. Jesus said, what? Go and get her done. Now, he didn't say it that way, but he might as well have. Go to all the, go to all the world. Go to every creature. Men and women. Boys and girls. Grandmas and grandpas. In-laws and outlaws. Because you have a special place in the harvest. There's nobody like you. And you have a special place to fill in the harvest. Do you know that? My word. There's some people that hell will never reach, but you can. And there's some people that you'll never reach, but hell can. Right? But if we all do nothing, nothing's going to be accomplished. But if we all get busy for Jesus, guess what? And all you have to do is start little. Start off with one person. That's what Karen did. She was a surprise. Boy, she responded well. I'm going to try a second person. She responded well. Oh, man, this is fun. I'll tell you what. She was so excited that Wednesday she came in here. I... Wow, she was, she was so excited, she was talking so fast, nobody understood her. 
Except for Jesus. He knew exactly what she was talking about. And then she, she took a deep breath and then explained what she was talking about. And we go, oh, praise God. And we, when those kids walked through the door, it was like, that is awesome. Okay, next slide. Jesus did the hard part. Jesus did the hard part, didn't he? He died for us. He died for you. He opened heaven for you. You say, Pastor, you're preaching to the choir here. Well, yeah, we're also preaching to people online. But you know what I was told? The very ones who need to have it preached to and reminded so many times is the choir. Never be afraid to preach it to the choir. Because when the choir gets excited, things happen. Come on. When the choir gets excited, the things happen. He opened heaven for you. And when you put your trust in him, he forgave you of all your sins. And how easy was that? So let's offer it to someone else. And if you're listening to home and you have, at home and you haven't asked Jesus in your heart, all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Be my Lord and Savior. And Lord, I want to live for you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And if you prayed that with me, guess what? You're saved. You need to tell somebody. Tell them what you did. Let them know that you asked Jesus into your heart. Let's go to the, the last slide there. Isn't that a gorgeous picture? That's Wappen and Breckenridge. I don't know if that's actually Wappen and Breckenridge, but it could be. See the Red River back there running along the trees? So they kind of meander like that. The Lord is still asking, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Will you answer? Here I am, send me! Oh, I love that scripture. So Jesus said, therefore, pray the Lord, of the, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Lord Jesus, we're going to do that right now. You said to pray. Lord, we pray that you would send out laborers into your harvest. And Lord, let those laborers be us. Lord, we're tired of the lies of the devil. We get, oh my word, Lord Jesus. Al is not too old. Anybody with a sense of humor like Al and the loving spirit that he has, that we feel, I don't know how he is all the time at home. He probably has his grumpy days too. But Lord Jesus, anybody with his sense of humor, there's people out there that only he could reach with it. Just like Jason, Lord. Not everybody's a tigger. But Lord, with his enthusiasm, Lord, use all of us. And I don't care if we're in a group home, Lord Jesus. There's people in that group home need, who needs to hear about Jesus. Lord, I don't care if they're a high school student, Lord. There's people in their high school who needs to hear about Jesus. So Lord... Let us go with your sickle that you've already given us your word. Let us have faith to walk on that water. To tell people 
to go and bring in the harvest, Lord Jesus. Help us to bring them in from those fields of sin. We thank You, Lord, that You've already sent the Holy Spirit before us to get them ready. And all we have to do is lay into the harvest with the sickle. We praise You in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And amen. Now, there's so many of you that are sniffling and hacking and coughing and feeling this way and feeling that way. We're going to take communion today.